Well, again, good morning. Um, today is an exciting day because we are starting a brand new series. Isn't that exciting? And it is called Wiki Wisdom. And what we're going to be doing in this series is we're going to be diving into the book of Proverbs. And now the Proverbs uh, are more of a collection of sayings than a singular book itself. It's really a book filled with ancient practical wisdom. And because it's ancient, uh, sometimes the Proverbs come off a little awkward. And uh, to start off this series, I think it would be great to just label the top three most awkward Proverbs. How do you feel about that? That could be kind of fun. Check this one out. This is Proverbs 11.22. Husbands, don't say this one to your wife ever. Uh, like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. That one gets you, doesn't it? Right here. Gets you. Uh, Proverbs uh, 21.9. Better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome woman. The wives are saying, uh, it should say husband, but whatever. And this is my all-time favorite. This tops the list. Proverbs twenty-two thirteen. The sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I honestly don't know what that means. That's uh, awesome, though. But in, in all seriousness, the Proverbs, uh, what they do is they offer us uh, some Twitter-length practical wisdom for our lives today. It, it's what they do. Even though they are thousands of years old, they are incredibly useful for each of our lives today. And what is the aim of the book of Proverbs? Well, it actually lets you know right at the beginning of the book, and here's what it says. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, uh, one, for gaining wisdom and instruction, two, for understanding words of insight, three, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, uh, four, doing what is right and just and fair, five, for giving prudence to those who are simple, and lastly, knowledge and discretion to the young. The Proverbs offers us wisdom in our lives wherever we may be at, young, old, rich, poor, whatever it may be. And so in this series, what we're going to do is we are going to drink up some of the wisdom that the Proverbs offers us. Now, on another note, I don't know if you realize this, but today we are living in the future. We really are. We're living in the future. When I was a seventh grader, I remember I had to write a research paper. It was the first time I had to do so. And that meant that I needed to darken the door to a specific room in the school that I was very unfamiliar with. It was called a library. I don't know if you've heard of these. It's this room full of books, apparently. And what you do is you go in and you actually pull the books off the shelves. And then you open the books. And then you actually read the words and then learn from it. It's this, it blew my mind as a seventh grader that this actually existed. And so, uh, I had to write a research paper, and I didn't really want to, you know, do research, so I wrote my paper on aliens, and I got the paper back with a D-plus marked on it, uh, followed with the word, really, exclamation mark. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, but guys, today, today, we are living in the future, because today, you can research today without even cracking a book. It's amazing. We love the future. It's truly incredible. Today, like no other time in history, we can do something called Googling. 
where you can actually go online and you can type something in that you want to learn about and then push a button and then boom, thousands of things and resources pop up that we can learn about. In fact, there's another website called Wikipedia. It is literally a massive trove of information. And you can go there with just about any question and you can learn about it. Just don't use it in your research paper. Learn that the hard way. But, and here's the even greater news here, is we can do all this research today on our phone. Like, isn't that amazing? We have all the research in the world right on our phone. Today, we have more access to information than any other time in history, so much so that we're not even sure what to do with the sheer volume of information. Researchers estimate that there is about one million exabytes of information at our fingerprints, or at our fingertips if we go online. One million exabytes, and I don't even know what that means. I'm assuming it's just an awful lot. Yet... Today, despite all the information at our fingerprints or fingertips, we don't necessarily have wisdom. You and I can go to Wikipedia and we can study and read and take notes. We can get really smart going there, but not wise going there. Because knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing. In fact, in history, there are great examples of very, very smart people doing very, very not smart things. I guess that's the nice way to say it. Uh, an example of this, and I actually found these on Google, you know, God's gift. Um, Benjamin Franklin Benjamin Franklin, perhaps one of the world's greatest inventors and politicians of, the, of his day, and really even today, he nearly killed himself trying to shock a turkey to death. And he actually wrote about it afterwards. He said this, and I'll try to say it in my old English voice or something. Um, I have lately made an experiment in electricity that I desire never to repeat. Two nights ago, being about to kill a turkey by the shock from two large glass jars, containing as much electrical fire as 40 common vials, I inadvertently took the whole throw my own arms and body. Uh, he was a smart man, but perhaps not wise in this case. Uh, a picture on the screen, you know who this is. This is Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein, one of the smartest scientists in the 20th century. Um, Brilliant as he was, did you know that Einstein didn't even know his own address to his house? Didn't. There are reports of Einstein uh, needing to go home for the night, and so he would call just any cabbie, hop in, and say, take me to Einstein's house, and actually expect to get there. And I'm sure there's some great Einstein adventures with his cabbie. I don't know. There might be a book on that. Anyway, there are a lot of really smart, why, or smart people that just lack wisdom. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a deep dive into the Proverbs in hopes of becoming knowledgeable and also wise. And I think that if you show up every week, you will walk out of here on the final week as a wise sage, kind of hovering as you walk. I just believe that, I think. That might happen. Anyway, the scripture reading this morning is Proverbs 16, 1 through 9. 
And the reading is a little bit different today because the Proverbs aren't a story, they're not a letter. It is just a list of quick snippets of wisdom. And so that's what it will sound like today. Um, our script reader is Taya DeCryf, and she'll be reading for us. If you would please stand if you're able and then face the center of the room. Uh, we do this because we believe the scriptures tell us the greatest story of all time, the story of Jesus, and so we honor that. Go ahead, Taya. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure to this, they will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, is evil is avoided. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes the, their enemies to make peace with them. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Thank you, Taya. You may be seated. So where does true wisdom come from is what we want to address today. Where does wisdom come from? Well, what is the source of wisdom? You know, today we live in a world where truth doesn't really look the same as it did even 20 years ago. Truth has actually taken on a new kind of fluid meaning. What is true for you might be the opposite of what is true for me. And somehow in our culture, they can both be true at the same time. It's kind of magical or something. Truth, in other words, is dependent on our own experiences today. Uh, in our culture, truth, really the source of truth is the individual. An individual is the maker and holder of truth. And this is true of wisdom today as well. There is no singular source of wisdom in our culture today because wisdom is dependent solely on individuals today, on you and on me. And what's interesting is that the Bible doesn't say that at all, actually. The Bible says something very different. In the Bible... There is only one true source of truth. And in the Bible, there is only one true source of wisdom. And some of, this, uh, some of us this morning, if we were to take a poll, we might say, you know, I think wisdom comes from the Bible. That's the source of wisdom. But in fact, the Bible even itself doesn't claim to be the source of wisdom. It claims there's something else that is. And we can read about that actually in Proverbs 2, 6 through 7. Listen to this. For the Lord gives wisdom. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. The, the Proverbs declare that anything wise comes only from God. True wisdom comes from only God. God is the source for all Wisdom, God, the architect and builder of the whole cosmos, of all created things, is also the source of wisdom. And so if we want to become wise, we need God. 
We need to get to know God. We need to pursue God. We need to love God. And and there are a few things about God uh, first that we need to understand if we really want to begin the path toward wisdom. And the first is this. To be wise is to know that God knows us better than we know ourselves. To be wise is to know that God knows us better than we know ourselves. There's a couple Proverbs here that we just read that fit this. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. The wise know and rely on the fact that God knows them far better than they know themselves. Now, have you ever been in one of those moments where you have felt you felt severely wronged by another person? And because you felt so wronged by them, you used it to justify some kind of retribution in return. I'm sure, let's do a raise of hands. We shouldn't do that. Just kidding. But we know, we know that this is true of us. Most of us have. There are moments in our lives where we feel like we've been wronged. And in that moment, payback feels like the right thing to do. When we get cut off on the road when we're driving, it feels just and fair and maybe even righteous to ride that guy's bumper as close as we can without hitting him, doesn't it? It feels so good. And right. Wisdom in the Proverbs says that all our ways seem pure to us, yet God weighs the motives. There are those moments when we give people what we feel like they have coming to them, and in fact, it feels really good to do so, payback feels good because they deserve it, because that's what justice is in that moment. But you know, have you ever had that moment where you do so, and then upon, you know, I really gave it to that guy, guilt starts to creep in among us. Because in that moment, we realize something was off with us. Because in the moment, our motives for so-called justice can sometimes be driven by more than justice. They are driven by rage or, or hatred or you can make a long list if you'd like to. And in that moment, we just can't seem to see what is truly going on inside of us. How many of you have seen the Gladiator movie with Russell Crowe? He's like, he's jacked. He looks awesome in it. And, I wish I was Russell Crowe. But his name actually in Gladiator is Maximus Decimus Meridius, which is the greatest name of all time. I, I believe that's true. Anyway, in the story though, Maximus discovers that his family has been murdered by the future emperor Commodus. And literally the rest of the movie is him trying to deal with that fact. It is an awesome story and I love that story. But if we're honest, that story is actually about revenge. It's what it's about. And the only way that Russell Crowe's character is going to get revenge is what? By killing Commodus. That's the only way. It's revenge. And if we were to psychologize Maximus, if we could, he probably was driven more by hate than he was by justice. And you know, Maximus Decimus Meridius isn't that different from 
us. We often don't realize what's really going on. Our inner motivations we may not always know. We often don't know where our heart truly is. But what wisdom in the Proverbs says is that God does. God knows what's in your heart. God knows what's in my heart. And this means that if we are not spending time with God, relying on God's wisdom, we will never really get to know ourselves. Have you ever met that person, and I know it's none of us in this room, who chronically makes bad decisions? You know this person. I'm sure a person just popped into your mind right now. There's that person that chronically makes bad decisions, and they are sure that they have good reasons for it. But they don't really know what's truly motivating them. But God does. God knows our hearts. God knows us better than we could ever know ourselves. What would it look like if we more regularly consulted with God to deal with what's going on inside of us? To seek God's wisdom, to be truly wise, is to rely on God's amazing wisdom and knowledge of our hearts and to listen in consultation for his wisdom. There's a second part of this, though. You know, our family loves Disney movies. We just, we, we adore them. And my favorite one is Up. It's my all-time favorite. If you don't cry within the first 15 minutes of Up, I'm not sure we can be friends. Like, that's how, that's how much I feel about that. And, but there was this moment in Disney history where their movies can, had this constant theme over and over and over again. And this message said this, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Just follow your heart and you will find true happiness. But there's a problem with this. Because I'm not sure following your heart is a good or a bad. The Bible actually says that our hearts aren't really exclusively a good thing or a bad thing. They're kind of a jumbled mess of both constantly in our hearts, there's this battle between right and wrong and what's good and what is bad. Our, our hearts actually in scripture can be hardened. They can, they can be proud. Our hearts are often a mixture of good and bad. The Bible does not say that the wise should follow their hearts. Do you know this? The Bible says that we should know our hearts. And the only way to know our hearts is through relationship with God the wise God. You know, maybe right now you're at a crossroads in, in your life and you're just not sure what's in here. You just don't know. Maybe you feel like you're ready to make a big decision and you've got the information and you know what feels right, but you're just not sure. What would it look like to just maybe hit the brakes and consult with God? Maybe God can open stuff up about you to help you in those decisions. Maybe God can give you the other half of the knowledge that's inside you that you're not even aware of. To, to be wise is to accept that God knows us better than we know ourselves and to understand that and to rely on that more and more and more. There's a second part to this. To be wise is to know that God has a plan for this world and to know that we are a part of it. Here are some more Proverbs here. To, 
To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. We must seek God's wisdom to know ourselves, to know what's really going on inside of us, but we also need to seek God's wisdom to know what the aim of our lives should be. Where should our lives go? The wise one says God knows and follows God in that direction. Wisdom is to rely on God for what's in our hearts and to rely on God for the path that our feet are going to walk on as well. You know, most of us, we have our own plans, don't we, for our lives? We've got that roadmap for ourselves. Most of us have our own plans, and most of us, if we're honest, we believe that our plans for ourselves are better than what anyone else could make up for us. Don't we truly believe that? But the wise one submits his or her whole life, our plans and all, all of it to God and to God's plan. You know, when I was younger, um, I remember at a very young age, I had this, this weird feeling that I needed to be in ministry. I needed, I, that God was calling me to do something bigger in the church and to serve the church. And I didn't know what that meant, but I did feel that. The problem was I didn't like that feeling because I didn't really want to become a pastor or work in a church or whatever that looked like. I just didn't want to. I had a better plan, and my better plan did not involve speaking in public. I knew that for sure. And so what I did is I graduated high school and it took like a Jonah story and I went the other way. And that other way led me one day to sitting in a factory putting together electrical boards. And I was sitting in this factory putting together electrical boards and I couldn't stand my job. I just couldn't stand it, did not like it at all. And there was this moment as I was putting together electrical boards where God gave me a crossroads. John, you can keep going straight and you can do the things that you want to do or you can take a turn and you can go the direction that I want you to. And at that moment in my life, I took a turn and it changed my entire life and that's really one of the reasons why I'm here today. And you know, it's tremendously difficult to do that, isn't it? To make a big turn and go in a different direction. You know the direction that God wants you to be in. Even, but it's hard for us. Because we don't want to be told what to do. We don't want to be submitting to someone else. Even if it's God, that's not easy for us. But the wise know that God is a good God. And that despite how crazy God's plan might seem or even be, that it is a better plan for your life and it is a better plan for my life. The wise learn that God's plans are truly better than our own and they lean into that. And perhaps for you, you might be in a situation like that. What's next for you? Am I going to keep following my own path? Am I going to keep full steam ahead? Maybe I'll make a lot of money. I don't know. Or are we going to take that turn and hop on God's path? One more point. To be wise is to know that God is faithful to us despite us. And, and listen to this proverb. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. 
The, the, the wise one re- relies on God for what is in their heart and on their path, but the wise one also relies on God because God is faithful. They rely on God's faithfulness even when they know that they're going to fall short. In the Bible, I don't know if you knew this, but wisdom is usually personified. Wisdom is actually portrayed as a person almost always in the Bible. It's very interesting. And in fact, in the New Testament, wisdom gains real hands and real feet and real hair and a real face. And the Apostle Paul actually talks about this in Colossians 2. It won't be up on the screen, so listen closely. This is what Paul says. He says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of what? Wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus, wisdom becomes a person. In Jesus, the source of wisdom, it only comes from God, is embodied and dwells among us. And God calls you and God calls me to cling to that wisdom, to cling to Jesus. Because in Jesus, who perfectly embodied love and faithfulness, sin was atoned for, sin was dealt with. You know, maybe this morning you're looking at at your life and it's like the mistakes and the foolishness, it's all being highlighted to you and you're like, man, my life is just a mess right now. Maybe your marriage is falling apart and your job or your job is just way too demanding and stressful. Maybe you're trying to parent and it feels like every decision you make is just the wrong decision. Maybe it feels like you're looking back at your life and you're like, I know I should have turned left there, but I never did. And now you're sitting 10 years later and you're just not sure what to do. Maybe you just feel like a mess up of a person. But Jesus, the embodiment of wisdom, loves you and is faithful to you. You know, even if you look at the Proverbs and you're like, I can tick off all the list of things that I did the opposite on. I've got that down really well. Jesus still enters this world as wisdom for you. You know, if we want to be wise, like the Proverbs, then we need to cling to Jesus, the embodiment of God's wisdom, a wisdom for the whole world, and that wisdom is for you. Let's pray. God, we... Thank you for books like the Proverbs, God. And God, give us a heart to just dive into them and let them challenge our lives. Let them challenge who we are, where we're headed, God. And God, we come to you with so much thankfulness that your wisdom was personified and turned into Jesus, the ultimate wisdom. And we can cling to him, God. We ask that you give us hearts and spirits to cling to God, to cling to Jesus. We're thankful for your love. Even when we feel like we're not enough, God, you for some reason keep seeing us as enough. And we thank you for that. All in Jesus' name, amen.